Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and today we're talking about my top 50 players in the upcoming draft. Now, don't be surprised if I actually just cover 10 a week and just try to spend a little bit of time on it that way, but this is the kind of the goal of this week is to at least cover the top 50 players. I might get there a little sooner, might get there a little later, doesn't matter to me, but couple things we need to make sure that you remember. Number one, this is not a paid analysts list. And what I mean by that is, this is how I see it. You can completely disagree with me. And in fact, I would love your email if you do disagree with me. Send me what you've got. Tell me why I was wrong. And maybe, just maybe, you can help change my mind. Maybe, just maybe, by me doing this, I'll help change some of your minds. The other thing about this, please don't throw shade and act like I'm a hater on your team if your team did not do very well in this. Uh, Look, I watch football for just a few reasons, and the majority of those reasons have to do with fantasy football. A couple of things to remember if you've never watched the show or listened to the show. I do dynasty football now pretty much exclusively. I don't do any redraft leagues anymore. In a redraft league, if you remember – is a league where you basically pick a new team every year. Dynasty is a team, a setting, where you have to actually build your team every year from the players you had the year before. So you have draft picks, you have rookies who come in, and you're able to try to acquire those guys and do better. Now, as we get started, we're going to do this, and I'm just going to see. I'm, I might get them all done today. I don't know. We're, we're going to kind of see how it goes. Number one on my list, number one, number one, Will Anderson Jr. Look, the guy's a monster. I mean, he is an absolute monster. And I think in any other draft class, in any other, you know, year, last year, let's just do it that way, last year, you would have a guy that would probably be going number one overall. Number one. We're not talking about a guy that would be going Six, I think there's an argument to be made that he's going six overall. I think there's an argument to be made that he's going, you know, somewhere in the top ten, obviously. But I don't know if he's going in the top five. There is a scenario where the Arizona Cardinals could say, we value the draft picks more than we value Will Anderson. There's a scenario where Anderson doesn't get selected at three. A quarterback-hungry team jumps into the Arizona Cardinals spot. They draft a player. The Colts, if they don't go the Lamar Jackson route, which we've said multiple times on the show this this particular part of the year, what do they do? Well, they got to get a quarterback. They got to go get somebody. And so now you're talking about Will Anderson being there at six for the Detroit Lions. Can you imagine Aiden Hutchinson and Will Anderson Jr. coming off the edge on both sides to get to the quarterback? We already have said on this show that we believe at the GOAT podcast that the Detroit Lions are a threat this year in the NFC North. If they can pull off Will Anderson, the number one player on my board, it's going to be a problem for a lot of people. He had a down year last year, only had about 10 sacks, and that's not much when you compare it to what he's done in years past. He's going to be a monster in the NFL. Number two on my list. B. John Robinson. Now, come on. 
let's be honest here for a minute. Quarterback every year is the hot button, you know, topic. It is what you want to talk about. It is the most important, you know, conversation piece. But do you know who quietly does well? Running backs can do very well depending on the situation they end up drafted into. And you, you look at a guy like Bijan Robinson. Here's a guy that could very easily find himself on a Chicago Bears team that I think is very good at running the football, and they lost their best running back and David Montgomery. He could find himself on a Philadelphia Eagles team, which prides themselves on running the football. He could even, and it's not a stretch. I know you're probably going to laugh at me. Guys, Tony Pollard's not guaranteed to get a long-term contract in Dallas. He could stay in Texas and be a Dallas Cowboy and be the next Zeke-type prospect for the few years that he'll be on the team. Bijan Robinson, 1,500 yards rushing last season, 18 touchdowns, another 300 yards receiving. He's number two on my board. I'm not changing that. I'm sorry. One other thing you're going to notice about my big board, and this will kind of give you an insight into my viewpoint on dynasty fantasy football. Uh, Monica and I have talked about this a little bit, alluding to it on the show, but we haven't really gotten into it much. I don't like older players. Um, In fact, I'm looking right now, and currently I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, thirteen of my players on the big board are seniors, if I counted correctly. So the the vast majority of this are junior players. Let me let me tell you that before we move on to the th- number three on my list. Guys, we, we talked about it with running backs. You want to maximize the amount of value that you have. And unless you're still playing with kickers, and I really hope you're not, you're needing to think about something. Quarterback is the only position that has a genuine longevity to it. Running back doesn't. Wide receiver can, but it really doesn't. Tight end isn't really known. I mean, I know Travis Kelsey's there, but Rob Gronkowski would have probably been the next great tight end that would be on that list. And Gronk's a guy that we could talk about being more injury prone and not available. You want to maximize the amount of time you have, and so the best way to do that is you try to find players that give you 10 years of probability. What do I mean by that? 10 years of probability. You want to draft a guy that's 20 to 22 years old. It's not out of the realm of possibility that a good player can play into the early stages of their 30s outside of the quarterback room. We know that the quarterback room, they can play till they're 45. Hello, Tom Brady. But a guy like Bijan Robinson, He's 21 years old. Might be 22 when the season starts. You have eight viable years with him so long as he can stay healthy. Najee Harris, my favorite running back in the NFL right now because he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. I don't know that we're going to have that with him because we drafted him. He was turning 24 by the time the season started. 
increased probability. That's what you want. Number three on my list. It's a quarterback's world, and we're all living in it. And it's C.J. Stroud. Now, I hesitate to put him on this list because Ohio State, outside of Justin Fields, have not produced a very good quarterback in quite some time. Uh, you know, you, you could make the argument that Joe Burrow technically counts as an Ohio State alum, but he doesn't. You could make the argument that Dwayne Haskins' career was tragically cut short and therefore he's not really a very fair comparison to make. That's true, but there have been some guys that were supposed to be the next great quarterback from Ohio State, and they just weren't. So I struggle to put C.J. Stroud on the list. But I'm going to, and I'm going to put him on the list at three. By the way, the uh, the big board that the Draft Network uses, which is the service that I use, and if you're looking to to do any type of mock drafts or things of that nature, the Draft Network is not a sponsor, nor do I ever think they're going to be, uh, because I will criticize them in some ways too. But the Draft Network has a very good deal where for $30 a year, you can make a big board of players like I'm doing. You can view scouting reports, player rankings, do mock drafts. Uh, you can look at all of the things that are available to you, and they do a draft party where they watch the draft and do something like that. And unfortunately, this year, we're not going to be able to do that for the first round, but we might do it for the second and third round. We'll see. Will Anderson and B. John Robinson, though, on the Draft Network's big board, they were one and two. According to this, I reached for C.J. Stroud. He's number five. And the next guy was number four. It's Bryce Young. So he lands right on the list, right where the Draft Network even says that he should be. And it's not the talent. It's not the resume. It's the size. And I know that that sounds like such a horrible thing to say, but let me pull up something for you to try to in, you know illustrate this. You look at Tua Tungavaloa. Tua is 6'1". Many people, many people act as if the six foot for a quarterback is the threshold that you have to reach. And when you type in short quarterbacks in the NFL and you're trying to find, you know, who's going to be on that list, let me read you some of the names of the shortest quarterbacks of all time. And I'll, I'll hope that you'll understand what I'm talking about here. This is from Stadium Talk, and it was published on September 29th, 2022. Tell me if you know any of these names. Not the mainstream ones, but tell me if you know any of these names. And get this, number 20 on the list, Trevon Boykin. Anybody know who Trevon Boykin is? I don't, I don't know who he is. Played for the Seahawks, apparently, in this photo. He's six feet tall. His career highlights, you ready for this? He was an All-American in 2015, the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2014. He won the Kellen Moore Award in 2014. And he was All-Big 12 in 2014 as well, and he washed out of the league. Boykin, according to this, couldn't stay out of trouble. And so he was unfortunately released from the Seattle Seahawks. Number 19, you'll know this name, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel. He, had he been drafted to any other organization, he might still be in the league. He's six feet tall. 
he was one of the most exciting college quarterbacks for sure. That's what this article says. But he he didn't stay in college very long. He had drug and alcohol issues and ended his NFL career after two seasons. All right, we're getting into some territory of names that I've kind of heard before, but I don't really know them all that well. Ty Detmer, he was six feet tall, uh, and he's an individual that wasn't quite tall enough or talented enough. They said in the article here he was a uh, able to last for 14 seasons in six different teams, primarily as a backup, so that's not terrible, but he's not the franchise quarterback you're looking for when you're drafting at the top. Number 17 on the list. Listen to this. You ready? Tua Tungavaloa. Six feet tall. Six feet tall. And here's the problem with him. Six foot six Justin Herbert was drafted out of him, after him. But if Tua was so talented in the NFL, why are the Dolphins forfeiting a first-round pick because they tampered with Tom Brady? Well, Michael, you, you didn't see what he did last year. I saw what he did last year, and it was it was a very, very, very big step forward in improvement. And then he got hurt. I I struggle to see Tua as a guy that I'm going to look at as a quarterback that can play another 10 years. Do you? Not if he doesn't change his game. Next guy on the list, Chase Daniel. Six feet tall, career backup. That's what he was. Number 15, Baker Mayfield, six feet tall. Guys, are you seeing a trend here? Here's probably one of the best names on the list. I'm not going to say he's the best name on the list because I'm pretty positive there's a guy that's yet coming. Forgive me for drinking out of my Sonic cup. Joe Theismann. I got to meet Joe Theismann once. Uh, That's a story for another time on the podcast, but he definitely had a Hall of Fame career. And so Joe Theismann is an exception, not the rule. Number 13, Billy Kilmer. Six feet tall. Never heard of him. Um, Lynn Dawson. He is a Super Bowl champion in 1969 with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was six feet tall. And he looks like he's also a guy that was very good. He was a star in the AFL. He was a four-time All-AFL selection and the most valuable player in 1962. So Lynn Dawson, Joe Theismann. Number 11 on the list, I also think was going to be another guy. So this is the third person on the list. Joe Theismann, you had Lynn Dawson, Michael Vick. Had it not been for the problems Michael Vick faced off the field, he probably would have gotten to a Super Bowl, at the very least gotten to one. He did come back and was able to play with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers, among others, and did a pretty decent job of resurrecting his career. Joe Theismann, Lynn Dawson, Michael Vick, Drew Brees, number 10. Six feet tall. Do I have to say anything about Drew Brees? Now you got Fran Tarkenton. He's also a great dual threat. Number eight is Seneca Wallace. He was five foot 11. Guy Seneca Wallace was a career backup. Pat Hayden, five foot eleven, um, won the national championship twice, but he really didn't do anything in the NFL. Sonny Jurgensen, he did win an NFL championship before they were the Super Bowl. 
He played as a quarterback and defensive back for Duke and spent six years with the Eagles, mainly as a backup. Hmm, interesting. Russell Wilson, a guy that started off well but really had a frustrating season last year. Doesn't look very great right now. Number four, Kyler Murray. Everybody's talking about Kyler Murray as the best quarterback in football, right? No? That's not happening? Oh, okay. Doug Flutie, he was a good one. And then Davey O'Brien. Um, and Eddie LeBaron. Those are the final names. Eddie LeBaron was five foot seven. Man, I had a shot. Wow. He was the NFL Rookie of the Year in 1952. What a difference, you know, 70 years make. Um, <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine Eddie LeBaron going out on the field as a rookie today? Like, it's crazy. Here's my point. I say all that to say this, and I spent a lot of time on it. I have no doubt in my mind that Bryce Young is an insanely talented college quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind that Bryce Young might even have been the best quarterback Bama has had in their last four quarterbacks. Because you have Bryce, you have Mac Jones, you have Jalen, and you have Tua. And I would say Bryce is probably the best name of all of those. I could be wrong. Monica, you can check me on that. I worry about his size. And I also worry about the fact that the Houston Texans are linked to him. Look up the career of David Carr. He got murdered. <coughs> I mean, slaughtered every game. And I'm just supposed to trust that the same team that could not take care of Deshaun Watson couldn't protect him that they've all of a sudden figured out and learned their lesson? Really? Really? Nope. That's number five on my list, or number four. Number five on my list. Jalen Carter. Somebody, I think, at, at the very least, I think, is going to be sitting pretty because of the foolish mistakes this young man has made in the draft process. I mean, if you were to tell me, if I were an NFL GM, and you said, hey, Michael, you're going to get a guy that was absolutely dominant at times last year. You're going to get a guy who was absolutely a top three prospect at one time, and you're going to get him probably anywhere between seven and ten. I would run to the podium. Run to the podium. However, you're also risking quite a lot. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you about Jalen Carter's career because I'm not sold, but I felt bad not putting him in the top five. Coincidentally, TDN, they ranked him at three. Now we get into number six, and huh, I'm going to lose some of you beginning about here. Um, I'm a big believer, a big believer in 
tall cornerbacks. They don't always pan out. Boy, when they pan out, there's something else. You can think of Richard Sherman, Brandon Browner, Ike Taylor, Patrick Peterson. Those are just some of the names that have really come to mind as I'm just pulling them out of the hat, so to speak. I believe Christian Gonzalez fits that bill. And so he's number six on my list. Coincidentally, TDN, they ranked him at 6'2". Now here's where I know I'm going to lose some of you. My number seventh player. Number seventh player. Is a wide receiver. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now... He didn't play basically at all this season, and that was a huge frustration. In some ways, you could almost argue some team is going to get very lucky because of that. If he can stay healthy, he's great. Problem, really only had one season of college production. In 2022, he had five receptions. For 43 yards. I call it like I see it. And I believe Jackson Smith and Jigba is the most talented wide receiver in this class. That doesn't mean that he'll live up to what I think he has. But I think some team's going to get very lucky. Number eight. And then we'll close out with nine and ten. Quentin Johnson. He's a unique prospect because... Years ago, the Cincinnati Bengals drafted a guy from Georgia named A.J. Green, who was six foot four and had a massive frame to be able to basically do it all. He was fast, too. And TDN has the top reasons to buy in. Huh. He's got elite speed. He's got a rare combination of side speed and quickness, size, speed, and quickness. He's an explosive playmaker. All of those things are stuff that used to be said about A.J. Green, and I think those are some things to really be looking at with Quentin Johnson. The problem, the problem to me is how that season ended for them. He really wasn't a massive factor in that championship game. Really nobody from the TCU uh, horn frogs were any type of factor, but you get my point. I think Quentin Johnson, had he established himself even a little bit as a threat, I think, hmm, I think Quentin Johnson has the skill and the tools. I worry about the fit. I don't know where he's going to end up yet. Nobody knows. A year from now, we can go back and laugh or say, hey, I was right. Quentin Johnson comes in at number eight. Number nine and ten, we don't have to spend a ton of time. Number nine, Miles Murphy, edge rusher, Clemson Tigers. A guy that's going to be completely overshadowed by the number one player on the list because Will Anderson Jr. is insane. I think he's going to end up on a really good team, though. I mean, you think about the free fall that will happen because for some reason everybody's in love with this quarterback class 
and they're all forgetting that next year Caleb Williams is coming out and Spencer Rattler has another year to, to make something happen and there's going to be other guys that can also do stuff. And other guys kind of like Will Levis is where he'll just pop up out of nowhere. And I think Will Levis is one of the best players in this class. I can't put him above C.J. Stroud or uh, Bryce Young because I know that's not what NFL teams are going to do. But I think Will Levis has the chance. Not very many people were talking about him this time last year as a first overall pick candidate. Not many people were talking about him as a second to third overall pick candidate. We're there now. Miles Murphy and Tyree Wilson, my first senior that makes it onto the list, they're going to be big benefiters of the fall that will happen with Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. And you can make the argument you can make the argument that Jalen Carter will be drafted after one of these two guys, or both. Edge rushers are becoming more and more important. More and more important than they've ever been. And if you could get two, your Detroit sitting there at six and Will Anderson's just sitting there. You're the Falcons, the Eagles... The Bears, you got to have the thought, right? Man, let's go get this guy. Those are my top 10 prospects. What I just realized, too, is we should have worked our way backwards. So that's what we're going to do. This is Friday's episode. No, it's not. So yeah, that's the top 10, and tomorrow we'll do 11 through 20. Until then, take care.